0: you looking for an online sportsbook with fast payouts and easy-to-use interface? Look no further than MyBookie.ag. Payouts in only two business days, the best customer service out there, the best odds, and even live betting. Go take a look for yourself at MyBookie.ag, and once you figure out that it's the best, sign up with promo code WCE50 for a 50% deposit bonus. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code WCE50.
1: I'm Gary Seegers. Catch me on Twitter at GaryWCE. And I'm Chris Giannini. Follow me at ChrisBGiannini. And this is the Winning Cures Everything podcast from winningcureseverything.com. Before we get started, please subscribe to the podcast, share it, and review it. We cannot stress how important those reviews are for iTunes rankings, so help us out.
0: of us who love this sport live for nights like this you are looking live at the georgia dome in atlanta it's football i've been watching it for 40 years 40 (laughs) 40 years how about that so here is fourth down can you believe it? it's picked up by michigan states jalen wants jackson and he scores on the last. I you don't care. Oh, my gosh! Oh, my, gosh. God. Oh my goodness. goodness! Oh, no! This is Winning Cures Everything.
1: Now, for your hosts, Gary and Chris. What up, what up? Winning Cures Everything, number 171. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. It is the Wednesday, November 29th edition of the show. Uh today is my pop's birthday Chris so he's he's getting on up there I'll, I'll make sure he listens to this one because uh hey, you know what these are always a little entertaining when we don't really have a game plan right
0: that's right
1: all right, so let's uh let's start off with this. Let's talk about the Tennessee coaching search a little bit because uh, God knows it was a dumpster fire on Sunday, but it, tell me tell me your thoughts here. they are going after Mike gundy first question. Is that a good fit at Tennessee? Well, yeah.
0: Okay, I don't know that I believe in the, the whole fit thing, all right? I think if you can get a good coach, take a good coach. I think you take the best coach you can take at any opportune time. Um, you know, so that that's just kind of where I've always stood on the matter. And do I think Gundy's a good coach? Yeah, I think he's a real good coach. And I think if he got to Knoxville, I think he'd do well. I think he'd do really well.
1: Do you think that he is worth, let's say, around $7 million a year?
0: Well, if Dan Mullins is getting seven, and that's the new number that these coaches are going to get if you want to pull the coach away from their current job, then I think that's what you have to pay. Do I think Gundy and Mullins are equivalent to one another on the same parallel? Yeah, I do.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think I agree there. If you're going, the only way to pull these guys from their current jobs, in any Power 5 job, because really anybody that's successful anywhere is already making four to five, right? So for Tennessee, like, go out and pay this man his money and get yourself a coach that everybody would be happy with. I think (laughs) Vols fans would be really, really excited about Mike Gundy coming into town. You agree with that?
0: Yeah, I I do. Let me ask you this. If you're Mike Gundy and you just saw this mob firestorm go through Knoxville to kind of control and tell the coaching, you know, the the athletic department kind of how they feel and what they want, would you be happy about going there or would you be very nervous about going there?
1: I don't think I would have a care in the world about a Twitter mob or anything like that. For Shiano, I think it was a little bit different because it was a it was something that had nothing to do with football. See, that's, yeah,
0: that's where we disagree with. Okay, I think it had everything to do with football. I think if those allegations were against John Gruden, the guy all the Tennessee fans have always wanted. I don't think that
1: anyone would have made a peep about it. Oh, I I agree 100%. They would have it's been a, it defending was 100% it.
0: 100% about football, but they didn't want to sound like assholes to make it
1: be about. No, football. But, that's, but that's what I'm saying. They they tried to change the subject on why they didn't want the guy. And that's why it ended up being such a big deal. I think Shiano would not have cared if it was a football thing. So, that that's why that whole situation would not bother me whatsoever. I'm looking at this, if I'm Mike Gundy, I have led this school for 12, 13, it's 13 years now, 12 straight bowl games, and if you were ever going to win the Big 12 and, you know, really do something, get a Heisman candidate, you know, in New York, get all this stuff going on, this would have been the year to do it. And he couldn't get it done there. They lose, um, uh, what's the quarterback's name over there? I don't remember. Rudolph. Yeah, yeah, Mason Rudolph. They lose Mason Rudolph, yeah, Rudolph. this year. You know, it, he's he's starting over. I'm looking at my paycheck where I'm only making like $4.2 million a year, and that was after I signed my last extension a couple of years ago? And Tennessee's offering seven, seven and a half? I mean, I'm almost oh, doubling no, my well, money.
0: No, you're right on that. Now, if I'm getting double the money, we're having a, we're having a different conversation. But part of me feels like this could be a big um, – Let me get a pay raise, kind of thing. Yes, he's he's used Tennessee for that before. He's, 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 yeah, that's right. He's, he's from there. You know, he played football there. That these things go deeper than sometimes he just doesn't get along with the biggest booster in town.
1: True, true. But at the same time, after look, Mark Richt had the same problem where eventually it was just time for a change. Right? Nobody disputed that Mark Richt was was a good coach or not. Like, this situation is kind of the same thing. Gundy, Oklahoma State fans are always going to be happy with him. But sometimes it's time for a change in scenery. If you can go make the money at Tennessee, go make the money at Tennessee. I don't know that Oklahoma State is going to come up on him very much more. Do you agree with that?
0: Yeah, you're probably right. And and you know what? I think you're right on that. I do think that at some point in time, all these coaches – You see it more in the NFL than anywhere else where your voice just becomes stagnant and you you just need a fresh start. The team needs a fresh start, they need a fresh voice, and you need a fresh start.
1: Now, I will be honest, you and I as LSU and Alabama fans, I don't want Tennessee to be good. Now, for the SEC, I want them to be good. Like, this is going to be a good hire for Tennessee.
0: I've never, I've never been threatened by that. I, you know what? I, I just haven't. I want my conference to be good because when we win the conference, I want to make dang certain that there is no question that we won the best conference in football. And, and I think whoever wins it this year won't be able to say that. And, you know, I, I just, I've never been threatened by, the, by another team being good. I want my team to be great, and I want them to win football games. And in order to get respect to win those games, then, you know, big big games are more fun than me. If I get to watch LSU go undefeated, but they beat up a bunch of cupcakes all year, that's, that's not fun at all. I agree with but, that. But even even though we lost a big game this year, it it was a fun season. It was a, it was a really fun season. Won a big game, lost a big game. Played two great teams, went one and one against them and both games were exciting and a lot of fun to be a part of.
1: Yes, and that's that's the thing. This year there were not a lot of uh there were not a lot of big SEC games. So CBS no. has gotten used to having, you know, nationally ranked teams every week. You never know who's going to win, and the last few years it has been incredibly predictable. You know, there there's a few games here and there that you just don't know, but for the most part you know everybody thought alabama would be good everybody thought auburn would be good uh there were contingencies that that thought that georgia would be all right and then everybody well, the, kind of thought the,
0: the, the majority of the country picked georgia to win the east this year
1: yes and that's the thing
0: i was i was like one of the outliers saying i, I we all thought it was going to be wide open but everybody fell on georgia's going to win it
1: yeah yeah well, and, so, and part so, of that had to do not with the fact that Georgia was going to be good because I don't think anybody saw this coming, but so, I I think that it was a it, it was a result of how bad Florida and Tennessee and all the other teams on that side of the division uh, were going to be. Like they just they, correct, they knew that correct. those teams were going to be crap. Yes. So so uh, going back to Mike Gundy, that would be a hell of a hire, a fantastic hire for them. It would make the East significantly better immediately i mean with dan mullen mike gundy and kirby smart over on that side along with will muschamp to a lesser degree uh i mean you you got good things going over there right i
0: I think it's getting better i think yeah i think muschamp gets if he can get a good recruiting class come through and he can get some offense built he's always going to have the defense yeah i think the east can get a lot better a lot faster
1: all right, and then, of course, we've got the West, where we have Arkansas, who it, Arkansas is in a holding pattern for now. Uh, they're still waiting to see what's going to happen with Gus Malzahn. They did hire a uh, a search firm, and it's the same search firm that Oregon State is using. Um, so they're they're using that search firm. I think it's like DHI or something like that for their coaching hire, and they're using a different search firm, and I don't remember the name of them, for the ad search so the problem with the this search firm that they have hired one i think the administrators and the boosters already know the guys that they want like they want gus malzahn if they can't get him then it's on to mike norvell and if they don't get either one of those guys because memphis is going to pony up and from everything that i've been told they're going to be paying him three million dollars or more per year which would almost double his salary from what it is right now. So Memphis is going all in wanting to keep their coach. Um, but the, the other side of this is Texas A&M is looking for a coach. It sounds like they're going to get Jimbo Fisher. Um, now we're going to get to this aspect of it, which is Mississippi State. And you and I texted back and forth this morning a little bit, or Tuesday morning a little bit, um, about you asked me if Jeremy Pruitt got the job. Right. Yeah, I
0: I'd, I'd gotten
1: a, an alert where like fifty of
0: my state friends, Mississippi State fan friends, followed. started following Jeremy Twitter on uh, twi- uh, Jeremy Pruitt on Twitter, and I was just like, "Did he get the job? Like, why are they all following him? He just interviewed for it." And I found that to be strange. Um, as of this time today, we're recording this Tuesday afternoon. He has not been named the head coach, so.
1: Well, here's the deal. Here's why everybody did that. There was a report that came out that Pruitt had been offered the job and was mulling it over. So I don't know that I buy that. Uh, our buddies at Football Scoop uh, have not been able to confirm that. So Football Scoop, these are the names that they've got out, right? They have uh, Jeremy Pruitt was interviewed. Brent Venables has talked to them. Um, Manny Diaz has talked to him. And then they also name, uh, let's see, Joe Moorhead, the offensive coordinator at Penn State, and Chad Morris, the head coach at SMU. Those are the only five names that they've got on their list. I take that back. They, they also put in uh, an interesting whisper that they've heard is Larry Fedora might be considered for the position. Uh, it says, Fedora had a great run at Southern Miss before ascending to his current position at North Carolina. Word has been that Fedora has been eyeing SEC opportunities for the past year or so. Perhaps this is the one that fits. Um, and what, uh, tell me about each one of these names. Uh, first off, you told me that Pruitt would be a terrible hire. Why do you terrible. think that is?
0: And this has nothing to do with the fact that Pruitt won't be a good coach. This does not mean Pruitt's going to be a terrible coach. A couple of things here. I think Mississippi State is substantially better than what they were when Dan found them. When Dan got there, they were historically a coordinator position. They, they, no, they could never get a true head coach with head coach experience there. They weren't at that level. They're not at that level anymore. They're bigger than that. They're better than that. The returning class that they're going to have is outstanding. They're going to be a good football team next year. I think they are deserving of somebody with head coaching experience. Now, if these other names are on your list, the, the two that that ring my bell and that I would without interviewing, without having the ability to sit in rooms and talk to these guys, the two guys that I would go after are Neil Brown and Bill Clark. They've got head coaching experience. They are doing things at their school. That nobody has done historically at those schools, um, and and Neil Brown offensively super innovative, Bill Clark unbelievable leader, and uh, and what he's done at, at UAB been documented well, especially on this podcast. I just don't know why they would be on your list. You would interview one dude, and that dude would get the job, and you wouldn't even talk to these other people. You wouldn't even they they, they would never get record of an interview unless they just all rejected you. But I just can't see that being real. I can't see Neil Brown's people saying, no, we don't want to interview for the Mississippi State job. Part of me is –
1: well, here's another aspect to this. I'm curious if they're waiting – like if Neil Brown is not going to talk to anybody until after they get done playing. Like they play at Arkansas State this weekend for the Sunbelt title.
0: UAB could be the exact same thing. They want to, well, maybe wait till after the bowl season. They want to wait till after the season is over with, and I respect that. So through our conversation about why I thought this was going to be a terrible hire, I think athletic directors this year, more than any other year, are going to make colossal mistakes when hiring coaches because this is the first year that we have had this early signing day in December in college football. And I think athletic directors are rushing to get a coach signed and locked up so they could start recruiting and not miss out on this early signing day window. I think it's a huge mistake. Because if you make the wrong coaching decision, it could set your program back years. If you have a bad recruiting class, it could set your program back one year. But it can't it can't crush you forever. Okay? It's just not the way it goes. You could go get Zucos to to fill in where you've made mistakes at recruiting in that sort of spot. But to put such a big decision on, i got to hire a guy this week because middle of December, we've got this weird recruiting thing that we've never had before, and we, we don't want to miss that window, I think is going to cost athletic directors jobs in a year or two. Well,
1: and that's, a, that's the biggest part of this, right, is the, the biggest names and the guys that you're really wanting to To recruit and whatnot, they're going to be waiting until February anyway. Because bottom line, you don't want to go to if you're going to go and play for a coach and not a school, then you want to make sure that that coach is going to be there. Like more and more nowadays, we're seeing guys that are that are actually committing to coaches. So, if you're wanting to commit to a coach you want to make sure the coach is actually going to be there especially an assistant coach and the way that these things move in december and january you're not going to know that so waiting until actual signing day is a smart move if you're just if you are committed to a stable situation if you're committed to you know the school itself like you've grown up a school of or a fan of you know so and so state or so and so tech or whatever and you know that you're going there like, then that's what this December signing period is for. December that's signing right. period is really... don't. You,
0: yeah, you don't need an official visit. You grew up a fan here. You know you want to go there. You've seen the school a thousand times. This is where you want to be. Well, on top of that, you're also
1: going to, to those places. Like, you're signing in December so that you can enroll in January. That's it. Like that's that's the biggest thing. So like for coaches or for administrators to make coaching decisions based on a December signing period. And I agree with you that it's happening. I do think it oh, is done. I do and, think and I it's think
0: dumb. I think that's why these guys are are doing that's why guys are getting hired so fast. And and I'm I'm not kidding. It would not shock me if Mississippi State Whoever's running their athletic program right now,
1: John Cohen. If, they
0: hire, if they went out and they hired Jeremy Pruitt because they can get him right now, and Bill Clark and Neil Brown were like, dude, we're finishing the season. See, we in the media, in the fans' world, we see the regular season is over with. But these coaches, they don't. They don't see the season over with until bowl game is played. And while it is an exhibition for these guys, and UAB is bowl-eligible, and they're going to a bowl game, and, 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 you know, these things matter. That game is not important to anybody outside of the players at UAB and the coaches at UAB, but but those guys are going to stick around until it's over with. I just believe
1: that. I don't know. I don't, I don't think that Bill Clark would stay until after the bowl game. I, like, if he were to get hired at Mississippi State, then I think he'd be gone. But there is a part of me that thinks that he is incredibly loyal, almost to a fault, to UAB, and that may be why we're not hearing him for other things. Um, but there's also so, the aspect of he was a defensive <laughs> coordinator just a few years ago. He, he's only been coaching Division One ball uh, for two seasons, and one was in 2014 and one was this year. But he's done well yeah, both times. Yeah.
0: Here, here's my thing with that. I, that's what I think about Bill Clark. I think he's the kind of coach, because of what we've seen him do, totally unorthodox to everybody else, I think that he would say, I'm going to finish this bowl season now. I made a commitment to these kids to not leave them. And I'm here at least until the season is completely over with. He is not one of the coaches that would get a job between the last game of the regular season and the bowl game and leave and let somebody else coach his team. I just and, and I only know the man from what I watch on TV seeing him coach his team. I have followed this school more than any other small school just because I'm enamored by him. So I am incredibly biased and blinded by that bias. I am, I know that. I get that. But but I just don't understand why these guys are on your list. You have a search firm out there you know, putting this list together for you, the first guy you interview, you're just going to hire him and not even talk to these other dudes. That, that makes no sense to me at all. I would think that would be a huge... That's where I say, this is a terrible, terrible decision. And it doesn't mean the man they chose is terrible. Not that he's even not the right person for the job. But you cannot pay a search firm and have this list of people and then just take the first guy you interview. That's just ridiculous. And I think Mississippi State is at a level program where they should not be settling for coordinators anymore. They should be going and getting people with head coach experience. Second thing is this. You and I disagree with this a little bit. But looking for that diamond in the rough saving disciple is just laughable to me. Okay? He has had a million coaches come out under him, a ton of them. And about a decade and a half ago, Jimbo Fisher came out, and he's been successful. And then this year, uh, last year, Kirby Smart was hired under him, and he looks to be a good hire. Everybody else has flopped. Why would we think the next guy that comes out of Saban is just going to be a surefire thing? Well, who, who are the
1: other coaches? So, let so now, me,
0: me and you talked about McElwain and Muschamp. But there's been several other coaches that have been hired out from under Nick at smaller jobs. They never got out from under those smaller jobs.
1: Well, there's there's Derek Dooley, and God knows that was a disaster. But I, I don't know that he was. I, he was never a coordinator under Saban.
0: But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Just because you're not a coordinator, he's people are still hiring these guys because they learned under Nick.
1: No, I'm 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 with you on that. But I, I don't know that they're hiring Jeremy Pruitt because of Nick Saban. Like, I think they're hiring Jeremy Pruitt, if they do hire him, of course. I think it would yeah. be because he has been under really successful head coaches, Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban, uh, Mark Richt. And he's had yeah. top ten defenses everywhere. He knows how to run his own program because, honestly, uh, Hoover High School is a – they might as well be a Division three school anyway. Um, and, he, and he won state championships there. He's an excellent recruiter. Like, he's won Recruiter of the Year uh, multiple times. You know, uh, Jeremy Pruitt is uh, – they could do a lot worse. Like, I'll That's say like that.
0: I said, it's not it, – if they end up choosing him as their coach, it's not a terrible decision. If they choose him today, I think it's a terrible decision. I think you should. I think you should interview all these other people. I think you should try to make sure you make the best decision possible. Gather as much information about everybody as possible, and don't just interview one guy and say that's our guy. And then just, all right, we liked him, offer him the job, and if he says yes, good.
1: You know what I'm what I'm curious about. So I I had somebody hit me up uh, just a few days ago and tell me that everybody, like all these Power Five jobs, are out on Mike Norvell because of something that popped up in his past it kind of makes you wonder if there's something like that that goes on with some of these other guys, right? So, Neil Brown has done things at Troy that are just incredible, right? And I I don't know... I don't know why Neil Brown and Bill Clark are not being brought up for some of these bigger jobs. You know, uh, unless it's one of those where... Bill Clark
0: we talked about. Yeah. A, he's a defensive guy and there's some sort of stigma with a lot of defensive guys. And then the second thing with Bill Clark is he has only been a head coach with two years' experience.
1: Well, two years one. of
0: really, yeah, really good record, but he's still only two years.
1: The other stuff I, I, I can't figure out. So, like, the Mike Norvell stuff, I don't really buy into that because I've done research and, and Arkansas still wants him. Um Yeah, I I don't think Mississippi State wants any of that. I'm trying to figure out. Mississippi State went offense the last go-round. Why would they not go and get, you know, possibly a Chad Morris? You know, somebody like that that's got the head coaching experience, knows how to build a program, and keep doing what you've been doing. Like, State has been winning with defense this year, but it was an offensive guy that, that got them there, you know, that has done all these incredible things. Like I don't know why they would go back to only having uh, defensive candidates.
0: Well, I don't know that they only have me. If they interview Neil Brown, he's an offensive guy. There's a couple of guys on that list for all the offensive guys. I, I think you get the best coach you can get, and I don't, I don't care if he coaches defense or offense. Because if you're, if I'm hiring you to be a great coach, I need you to be able to do both. I would tell you that's got to be the biggest knot in what is keeping Bobby Petrino where he's at. And, and schools like Tennessee and them not willing to pay him $7 million a year to go steal him away, I think it's solely because the man is an offensive genius. He refuses to do anything on the defensive side of the ball to help his team. That's your You're, you're the head coach. You're the head coach, not the offensive coordinator. You have to coach the other side as well. So I think you just try to get the best coach as possible. And I think if you walk into a room and say, hey, we've been building on offense, Let's only look at offensive coaches. I, I think that's a terrible idea. I think you immediately cut off half of the great possibilities that could be head coaches, and that's foolish too. Yeah, Get the best guy for the job. Always hire smart. And, and if those guys happen to be defensive guys on your list, that's what you do.
1: You but, want somebody that's going to be a CEO. Yeah. Like
0: that's, that's You it. want somebody who can run a program, who can go in the room and control the room.
1: Well, I'd love to see Lane Kiffin over there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, do you think Lane will get any of these interviews? Honestly, do you think schools will take him seriously after one year of being a head coach and showing, nope. Hey, I can I, I still got it.
1: Nope, not after see, this I, year.
0: I, I don't either. I mean I think it's gonna take a couple of years. I really
1: do. Yeah, well, and I think he'll have to get off Twitter. Like, he's, if he'll get off Twitter because it, administrators look at that and see that as... Uh, immature. Yeah, incredibly immature. Like, there's no reason for him to be doing that. And while it's a lot of fun for, for college football fans, it, it also, you know... Like, it, now, if he hadn't been doing that, how many people would be paying attention to the fact that he's 9-3? and three? You know?
0: Mm, I think people would have been paying attention because he is lame. And there are other ways to get
1: media attention without being on Twitter. Yes, I I agree. I agree. All right, we've been talking about this for long <laughs> enough. Let's uh let's jump into some NFL talk. You want to do that? Yeah. It's it's been a minute since we've actually talked about that. Let's let's start off with the news of the day. First off, Darren McFadden has retired. Not surprising. So he did that no, sure. on Tuesday. Um also on Tuesday, the Giants announced that they're going to start Geno Smith over Eli Manning against the Raiders this weekend that one kind of surprised me a little bit um what do you think the purpose of this is i mean th- this is a 210 game consecutive start streak for eli manning and and honestly over that time span eli has taken like he's thrown 99 of the passes that was also surprising to me yeah so, what what do you make of this
0: I don't. I don't understand what the Giants are doing. If they had a young rookie quarterback or sophomore quarterback or whatever that they were trying to see what they have in the guy, then okay, I get it. Makes sense. You want to um, see what you've got in him. And
1: they're I can understand that because they're Smith. they're saying that they want to play Davis Webb as well.
0: Yeah, but but listen, if you're going to bench. Eli, for Geno Smith, everybody in the world knows what they have in Geno Smith. Nothing. Bunkus. That guy cannot play quarterback in the NFL. All right? So so to, to break this streak for Geno is, is just absurd to me, and I think it's a terrible idea. It's another reason McAdoo needs to be fired. Now, when we get into the depths of this and we understand that uh, the organization went to Eli, talked to him, asked him about it, and, and he took it like a champ. I mean, he took it with class and with dignity, and he said, if you're wanting to start younger guys and you're wanting to go in a different direction, do not stop doing that because of some streak that I have going. The streak is not important. Winning football games is important. And and I respect Eli so much for that opinion. And that he, I mean, he made it clear. I don't want a streak just to have a streak and i don't want it to be cheap i want to go out there and i want to compete for football games but if y'all aren't going to do that then yeah let's break the streak and put somebody else out there and if you think they're the best chance to win great and if you just need to see what you have in them and and, and you're trying to rebuild
1: and we're not worried about winning anymore then then i don't want to play anyway
0: that's right yeah if you're not worried about winning then i don't want to play anyway but man, I think that's pretty stand ish I really do. I've never been super critical of Eli. I think he's gotten a bad rap some days in in New York because they have not had a lot of offensive talent around him at all his entire well, career. and on there, top of that he had a really good um, wide
1: receiver is, court it looked like this year, and every one of them got hurt every one of them
0: oh man it's been it's been rough, so you know i i think I think good for Eli the way he handled it but i i just don't understand the the argument or the concept of what they're trying to do up there in new york like this this whole see what we have in Geno is stupid that's just dumb you want to throw davis webb out there we're having a different conversation but if you're going to start gino then there's no reason to do that
1: yeah yeah I, i don't understand it at all doesn't make any sense to me All right, let's talk about the uh, the playoff picture right now. We uh, we don't talk NFL as much as we probably should. Uh, The the honestly, college football has much better storylines every week, and the NFL stuff just kind of gets lost in the mess, right? So, so.
0: Well, you you have a hundred teams in college football to pull storylines from. You've got thirty two in the NFL, and and. So many of them are just not great this year. Yeah, and it, we're gonna have playoff teams in the AFC that are gonna have losing records, and it won't just be that one random seven and nine team. I think they're gonna be several. I think the AFC is really
1: bad. I, I think you're probably right. I, I think one of the wild card teams will will be either the Jags or the Titans. Um, but
0: Yep, I think I think the one of them's coming
1: from And the then drought. the other one. Is either going to be so? Here, let's go through this. Let's let's talk about the AFC first. The number one seed right now is the Pittsburgh Steelers, and then the Patriots are the two seed, and they play each other here in a couple of weeks at Pittsburgh. The winner of that is going to have the number one seed, like just bottom line. And after that, right now we've got the Titans with the three seed, and they have the tiebreaker over the Jags. They're both seven and four. So the Titans at the three seed, they'll be playing number six seed, the Ravens, as it stands right now. And then you've got, in the four spot, the winner of the AFC West, as it sits right now, is the Chiefs, who are, what, one and five in their last six games? And then you've got yeah. the Jags at the five spot, so the Jags against the Chiefs. Um, you've also, here, here is what we have left that is fighting for one of these playoff spots. You've got the Bills at six and five, you got the Bengals at five and six, the Chargers at five and six, the Raiders at five and six, and then you got the Jets, Dolphins, and Texans all at four and seven. Broncos and Colts are three and eight each. The AFC is awful this year. Awful. Like this is about as bad as it gets. Just terrible. Yes, sir. Yes, I think it's a two-horse race,
0: and I cannot. I cannot imagine any team coming out of the AFC other than New England and Pittsburgh. I just can't do it. Yeah. And, and honestly, this is not a Pat fan thing. I can't imagine Pittsburgh beating New England. They play so bad some weeks. I mean, they let Brett Hundley come into their house and come inches away from D-Dale. Which is just
1: bananas to me because Brett Hundley is awful.
0: Awful. The the when Ben Roethlisberger gets bad, it goes south like Sherman, baby. It's and that's the thing. That's what's so frustrating. It it happens on the road a lot,
1: but it's happened twice at home. Well, and it's not even so. It's in games that they should win. That it's almost like the players don't care. You know. Because it's not like Roethlisberger was bad. I mean, my God, he was 33 out of 45 for 350 yards and four touchdowns. You know, like, it, he he played well. He that's had... right. And then two or
0: three drives, he just has his head up his butt and just, just swings it up there for grabs. And if he doesn't have Antonio Brown catching the football, he's got two or three turnovers. Oh, yeah. I mean, he just that's just true. That's just, he just, he's gotten to where he's sleeping back there. And he just slings it up. Whenever he has to throw it to eighty four, he just he just throws it. He just throws it. And Antonio does something amazing.
1: Tell me this. How are the Titans winning football games? Oh okay. is it just that their defense oh, okay. is, is pretty good? Defense and running game.
0: I think the defense is pretty good, man. I don't think their defense is great though. That's it. Like they don't scare me on defense. I agree. I, I think I cannot, I would tell you this. I like the Titans, like watching them, want good things for Nashville. They are awful to watch. It's not good football at all.
1: No, I, I'm
0: with you. This was the year that Titan fans needed Tennessee to take a big step backwards if they weren't going to take a huge step forward just so Michael, uh, uh, Mike, I know, sorry, Malarkey <laughs> could get fired. And I, I, that's not going to happen. They're going to finish right middle of the pack, either be a wild card or win a crappy division. And he's going to be justified as to let's give the guy an extension. He's made the playoffs. This is this is insane. This is the worst case scenario for Titans fans.
1: Yeah, I, I'm with you. i you know. It, it's funny. Uh, it, so I don't cuss around my daughter. So whenever I'm talking about something, I always talk about it, it's a bunch of malarkey, and and I yeah. never realized it until Sunday, um, when I was watching the uh, the Titans game, I was like, his last name is literally the word that I use for for crap. <laughs>
0: yeah. Which... <laughs> no, that's it. And it it describes his coaching. I'm, he might be a great dude. It describes his coaching ability to the T. Yeah.
1: It, it does. Oh, it's ridiculous. All right, so here's oh. here's what's going on with the Raiders uh, because we we got to figure out who's going to win the uh, – so the South is either going to be the Jags or the Titans. Um, in the AFC West, it, look, you got the Raiders. The Raiders have the Giants at the Chiefs, the Cowboys at the Eagles, at the Chargers. Whew, that's, 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 tough, that's a pretty right. tough run. But the Chiefs so have been hard. pretty awful. The Cowboys are on the decline right now.
0: No, Cowboys so dead. if
1: you can get the Giants, the Chiefs, and the Cowboys three in a row right here, that will put the Raiders at eight and six. And then you'll have the head-to-head over the Chiefs, and you'll be all right. Uh, but then you got the Eagles, and then you got the Chargers at the end of that. So the Chargers, here's what they've got. They've got the Browns. They've got the Redskins, they've got at the Chiefs, at the Jets, and then the Raiders.
0: Man, that I'm telling you, the Chargers are going to win out. They're going to win out, and they're going to win that division. I cannot believe
1: that. They'll get the win against the Browns because they're playing them home. They've got the Redskins at home. It doesn't
0: matter what they're playing.
1: They've got at the Chiefs, at the Jets, and then the Raiders. The Redskins
0: game is the only game that you're really worried about, and then you just got to win your divisional game. Yeah,
1: win, win at the Chiefs and then beat the Raiders, and then your other two and besides the, the Redskins are the Browns and at the Jets.
0: And the Jets, yeah, you got to win those games. I'm telling you, this team is on fire, too. They are playing really good football. Phillip Rivers looks like he is locked in like never before. Bosa and Ingram on the defensive side of the ball are scary. If I was a quarterback, I would not want to play them right
1: now. No, you're right about that. You are definitely right about that. Um, let's talk about the Jags and the Titans, right quick. Both of them are seven and four. The Titans have a win over the Jags. Um, and the Jags, man, they, they look. They would be leading this division had they not given up that game at Arizona last week. Like, what in the world happened there? <laughs>
0: You can't lose that game. You're in a playoff run. You've been playing great. You cannot lose that game. Blake Burroughs happened. Blake happened.
1: They got three games at home in a row. And then they've got two on the road. So here's their remaining schedule. They've got the Colts, the Seahawks, and the Texans all at home. And then they've got at the 49ers, which they should win. And then they've got at the Titans. So, let's take a look at the Titans' schedule. They've got the Texans at the Cardinals, at the 49ers, the Rams, and then the Jags. So, they should beat the Texans. They should beat the Cardinals. They should beat the 49ers. So, the next, let's see, the next three, they'll be fine in. So, that'll put them at, what, 10-4. and four. And then they've got the Rams and the Jags. So, let's say they lose to the Rams... Even though that game is at home, we'll, we'll say that they lose to the Rams. So that'll put them at 10-5 and five before they play the Jags. The Jags have the Colts, the Seahawks, the Texans, and at the 49ers in their next four. Do you think they give up one of those games?
0: I don't, I don't know, but I don't know that I can just chalk up wins to the Titans either to all those teams. Um, I do believe that if Garoppolo is healthy – and he is playing for that 49ers team, I think they're a lot better. And I think they're going to win think, some games. I don't think the 49ers are going to play those games.
1: Like if we let's, let's have this conversation. I don't think that they play Jimmy Garoppolo. I think they keep him on the bench. So after what we saw Sunday, knowing that he came in the game
0: after what's saying third and, yeah, after he goes down, Garoppolo has to come in, and, looks great, and everybody's excited. Can you bench him?
1: Yeah, I think so. Oh, God, there's no way.
0: There's no way. The riot.
1: Yeah. I don't know.
0: That's <laughs> so insane. <laughs> oh, the trading for Jimmy G. Jimmy G wanted out of New England just so he could get a chance to play, and he's still not but getting that, play. That's the thing.
1: I think that he's worth more to the 49ers if he's not playing. Like if they just if they go and trade him in the offseason without anybody seeing any flaws, then I think you've got a better shot. Uh,
0: this is insane. It's that's crazy to me. Anyway, I, I don't know. Look, I think what we're gonna end up with is we're gonna end up with that final game, of week seventeen, Titans, Jags. I think that's gonna take that's gonna decide the wild card of the division. That's what I think's gonna happen. I can't tell you what games they're going to win. I can't tell you what games they're going to lose between
1: here and there. I think that's what's going to happen. And See, that's – like everybody – well, everybody. It, it, you and a lot of other people were talking about how good Garoppolo looked on on Sunday. Like they still lost the game. And he, – He came in the
0: last quarter to play football. They were already down so much against the Seahawks. I know, but he, Geahawks, really he only
1: threw player. two passes. He was – he Got was two for two for eighteen yards and one touchdown. I, I don't I don't know
0: what that that that's a spark, man. I mean that's something it's better than what they've seen. How many touchdowns did Burkett
1: get? Uh he didn't have any in the game. He had one pick. He was twenty two out of thirty eight for two hundred and one right. yards. That's right. Zero yep, touchdowns. Zero in uh, in that game. So he did have two against the Giants. He had uh He's only got four touchdowns on the year, but they, they did just start playing him not not too terribly long ago. Oh,
0: he's got like five, six games under his belt.
1: Let's see. He's got 1,430 yards. Yep, and only four touchdowns. Not good.
0: Not good. Not good.
1: Not good. Do you remember who that kid was, by the way? Nope. He played, he played he quarterback is, at Iowa. He was the Iowa quarterback that had like the super long hair. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then he gets to the NFL. He's got to cut it off. I didn't
0: off. know I would ever ever, ever put a quarterback in the league. That's, I know
1: it's weird, right? I didn't know that. It is super weird. All right, yeah. so we've already talked about the AFC. Let's close up. Uh, let's talk about the NFC. This one seems a little more set. It's a little more competitive. There are much better teams over on that side. Uh, the Eagles, of course, are the number one seed. They're 10-1. and one. The Vikings are the two seed at 9-2. and two. And then it gets interesting. The Rams beat the Saints this past week. So both of them are 8 and 3. The Panthers also are at 8 and 3. The Falcons are the four or the I'm sorry, the 6 seed, the second wild card at 7 and 4. And then you've got all of these teams fighting for a spot. You've got the Seahawks at 7 and 4. You got the Lions at 6 and 5. The Packers at 5 and 6, Cowboys at 5 and 6, Redskins at 5 and 6, Cardinals at 5 and 6. So I don't think that the Cardinals have any prayer. I don't think the Redskins can get over those injuries. No. I think the Cowboys are out of it. That's right. The Packers are out of it because
0: all the five and six all the five and six yes. teams are done. Nine wins is not going to make the playoffs in the NFC, and so you can't get. To, there's only four games left. You, you can't get to ten wins if uh, if you've only got five right now. So, which um, which
1: one do you want to look at first? Do you want to look at eight seed, the Lions, <laughs> at six and five.
0: No, 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 no. This is the most intriguing team to me. I think there's something going on in Seattle that's not good. So I, last week and the week before when we talked about NFL a little bit, I just chalked up to either Seattle's going to win the division and the Rams are going to get a playoff, the wild card, or the Rams are going to win the division and Seattle will get the playoff. There might be something going on in Seattle. Remember how nobody could go up there and win? They've lost two in a row at home already now. This week they got the Eagles. In Seattle. Could they lose three in a row in Seattle? They are more than a three point dog at home in Seattle. Hasn't happened in like 12 years or something I like could, that. I could 100% okay? believe that. And then they still have the Rams to come to Seattle because they beat the Rams in LA. Could they finish the season losing four home games in Seattle? and totally get crushed out of this thing. I think so. Like, I just chalked it up to, I thought they could make it. But, man, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it is going to be Carolina and Atlanta and three teams get in from the South. Well, look,
1: here's, here's their remaining schedule, right? Seahawks <laughs> have got the Eagles this week. Then they've got at the Jags. Yeah, it's brutal.
0: At the Jags. At the that's Jags. A tough, that's a brutal.
1: Because um, you're flying cross country, and it's probably going to be a 12 o'clock game. Mm-hmm. So that that's going to suck for them. Then they host the Rams in three weeks. They play at the Cowboys, Mm -hmm. and then they play the Cardinals at home. Those two... So so their next three games,
0: they could lose all three of those games. It wouldn't shock me. And the reason the Jags game is not just flying across country, 12 o'clock game, yada, yada, yada. They have a bad offensive line, and Russell Wilson is getting killed. He has nobody to throw the ball to already. Who's he going to throw the ball to going up against the best corners in football and having the best rush in football. Exactly. What is what? Russell going to
1: do? Let's go on and talk up the Jags as a loss. Let's say that they lose three of their next five and they end nine and seven. So, at that point, okay. let's talk about the Lions right quick. Oh, they're out. The Lions have at the Ravens, at the Bucks, the Bears, at the Bengals, and the Packers.
0: Oh, that's a pretty easy schedule. I, I didn't think the Lions could make it at all, but that schedule is...
1: Well, with this schedule, they should be able to. They should be able to win out. They
0: could win out. I mean, they could end up. What, what would they give them, Eleven wins? They'd be
1: eleven wins. No, that's crazy. Now look, look, look. The the biggest thing for them is going to be at the Ravens this week because the Ravens are also six and five and they're that's fighting tough. for a playoff spot too. Um,
0: Baltimore's a, Baltimore's a tough yes. place to play. But man. even
1: even with that, you close at the Bucks. You host the Bears at the Bengals, and you host the Packers. I think they can go four and zero. Oh, that's insane!
0: Oh, so easy.
1: that that puts them at ten wins. I, I,
0: do, I do. Well, I think t- I think you have to have ten. I've made that clear. I've looked at this NFC picture enough. I think you have to have ten to get even get consideration. And there might be some ten win teams that are going to miss. It.
1: Well, here, here, take a so. look at this. Here's the Falcons. You ready? The Vikings, the Saints, oh, it's brutal. It's at awful. the Bucks, at the Saints, and then they host the Panthers.
0: Oh, they still have the Saints yep.
1: twice? Saints twice, they host and the, Panthers, the Panthers, and, and, the and Panthers, they host the Vikings.
0: And the Vikings yep. on that schedule? No, oh, they're done. They're, they're not making the playoffs. So, they don't get the ten. Right. There's no way they're going to go on a run and run through that gauntlet They'll probably split with the Saints because divisional games do that, and and you know let's chalk them up to a win against the Bucks.
1: So that's that's two wins that puts them, them, them at, at what nine and seven.
0: Yeah, like I said, it, it ain't ten, and that's if they split with with the Saints, and we're giving them a Saints win, and that's well. Here, that's here's so the easy. other
1: thing: say they beat the Saints at home, and then they've got at the Bucks. Okay. Well, then they play at the Saints, and then they host the Panthers. So, and they could even get a win over the Vikings this weekend because they host the Vikings. So three of their next five are at home.
0: So is it? Oh, my gosh. I don't know how the hell they got that kind of schedule. That's so crazy. the only
1: away games are at the Bucks and at the Saints. They've got the Vikings, the Saints, and the Panthers all at home. Now, I could see them losing all three of those, but I don't think they will.
0: No, I don't think they'll lose all of them, but, man, that's.
1: They could. they could they could definitely they do could. that. They they would need to win 3 of those just to have the same 10 wins that the Lions would have if they win 4 out of 5. Just just to get just to get
0: to 10 because that's the magic number here. And and like I said, it will not shock me if a team gets to 10 and doesn't make the playoffs in the
1: NFC. Well no, and that's I mean it would be between one of those two teams. Yeah. So because I mean you're, you're did the lions and the uh did the lions and the falcons already play once this year?
0: They did and the falcons beat them on a full That's what it was. Right the so line, the falcons would have the tiebreaker. Falcons would have the tiebreaker. All Right. So they have to get to Let's
1: look at the Panthers right quick. The Panthers play at the Saints, okay. the Vikings, the Packers, the Bucks and at the Falcons.
0: So they have a pretty tough road ahead of them too. Yeah,
1: but they they don't have to play the Saints twice. They've got the Packers and the Bucks, both at home.
0: Yeah, but they've already lost to the Saints once, though. That's why they don't have to play them twice. They've already yep. got an L, and they got that L on the road or yep. at home.
1: So, huh? So and it, here's the thing: if the Panthers win, <laughs> so if the Panthers get, um, let's say they just beat the Packers and the Bucks that puts them at 10 wins already because they're eight and three. Mm-hmm. Then you've got at the saints hosting the Vikings and at the Falcons. And that is basically what separates you from like the four seed or even a division title.
0: Yeah. The division titles still in play there, depending on how you do divisionally against the second game against the saints. And, uh, your next game against the Bucs, or the Falcons? Yeah, because
1: the the Saints have the at the Bucks and at home against the Jets, and then they've got the Panthers at the Falcons and then at home against the Falcons.
0: I know the Falcons have the best home schedule, but but they have they they play the hardest schedule coming up. I don't think they could make it. I don't think they get to ten if three of their teams are against teams that I think are in the playoffs and playing. Really well, four football.
1: of theirs are so, so they've got The Falcons have the yeah. Four of them, yes.
0: Four of the games because they played the Saints twice. Now, if they catch the Saints, the Saints can't get healthy at the cornerback position, might be a little easier, but I think they're getting some of those guys back this week. I I don't think they were major long-term injuries and I think those guys are coming back.
1: True. True. The uh let look at the Vikings schedule. Uh they play at the Falcons this week and then at the Panthers. <laughs> and they still have the Eagles, no. don't they? They've got the Bengals at the Packers and the Bears. Okay, for some reason I
0: thought the Vikings had the Eagles. No, so even if the
1: Vikings lose the next two games, they're still going to end with 12 wins.
0: No, and they're going yeah, to they're, they're moonwalk through that division. I mean, that, that, I don't know that they could... I mean, I guess they could lose all the divisional games against the Packers and the Bears and lose that division. But Well,
1: even if they lose all those games, if they still beat if they beat the Bengals, the Packers and the Bears, or even just Bengals and Packers, or if they win two of those and then beat either the Falcons or the Panthers, they got 12 wins and the Lions won't be able to catch them. Yeah, so, I mean, they're, they're three games up on the Lions right now. So, I think they've pretty much got that one wrapped up.
0: So, so going back to our uh, before the season started, I went back and looked at my bet slips to see what open bets I had. And I've got the Patriots alive at twelve and a half wins over, which that gets a little scary, um, because that means they could they could lose one of their remaining uh, four games.
1: The only game that they think, will lose is, it, or they could possibly lose, would be at the Steelers. They've got at the Bills, at the no Dolphins, no the sir. Bills again, and the Jets. At
0: the Bills, at the Bills this week is a live bet. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, at the Bills this week is a live bet for them to lose that game. You think so? The B- Tom Brady has been getting hit so much this year. The Bills will bring pressure. They will run the football. They will not let those corners get. And they can't get any pressure on anybody. Tyrod Taylor will play great. I'm telling you, this is, this is the game that I'm most afraid of. Them losing the divisional game is this one right here this week.
1: They Absolutely. are they are Absolutely. eight and a half point favorites at Buffalo this week.
0: that's right, that's right. If I was the kind of person that bet against my team, I'm telling you, bet the bills. take the bills this week. The bills will cover that number, and they will come really close if not beating them. They will win this game. you think that everything just I'm, I, I know my team really well. I'm telling you it just this game scares me, okay, okay don't like it, don't like it at all. But in in not liking this game, the Steelers, if they continue to play a zone defense against Tom Brady, which they have done for the last decade, Tom Brady will beat their I, ass.
1: You are no probably right out. about that.
0: It, it has happened for a decade. I get scared about the Steelers' defense because they hit real hard and they make these big plays and they run all over the field. And then I remember, oh, but they play a zone. And Tom crushes zones. You can't get a hit on him on a zone. And he just destroys them. And I wonder why I didn't bet on him because I was too afraid. So I'm more concerned this week than I will be next week. Hey, the games next week are crazy good. Like, the NFL's had some tough weeks where not a lot of fun games. But I think the – the Eagles have a big game. I think the Rams have a big game. Um, the Patriots and Steelers have that big game. I think there are like three or four prime time made for you know big time TV games next. Let's week. Let's see. I'm
1: pulling it up as we speak.
0: It's not next week. Oh it's the week God! Bless America, they got a bunch of
1: it's yeah. Broke. There's a bunch of good games. Uh, all right, so we got the uh, the yeah. Redskins and the Cowboys, which is the Thursday night game. That's that's huge. Um, yep.
0: And that's rivalry, man. That's big. Those teams aren't good this year. Yeah, that's, that's
1: big. Uh, coming up this weekend. I mean, this is so Vikings at the Falcons. Uh, you got the Texans and Titans, which is normally pretty interesting. Uh, Chiefs and Jets, Broncos, Dolphins, Colts, Jags, Bucks, Packers. Uh, let's see, the Lions at the Ravens. That's going to be interesting. The uh, the Pats at the Bills, the 49ers and Bears. That's the, the crap bowl. The Chargers and the Browns, Giants, Raiders. Let's see. Oh, the Panthers at the Saints. Uh, The Rams at the Cardinals. You're talking about week 14, aren't you?
0: Yes, I'm talking about next week. It's not this coming weekend. I think it's it's the weekend that we play each other. The Steelers and the Packs play
1: each other. Let's see.
0: That's the weekend that that I think is going to be week
1: 15. So you got the Broncos at the Colts on Thursday night, you got the Bears at the Lions. That divisional game, the Chargers at the Chiefs, divisional game, Ravens at the Browns, uh, Cardinals at the Redskins, the Eagles at the Giants, the Dolphins at the Bills, the Packers at the Panthers, Texans at the Jags, Da-da-da-da, the Bengals at the Vikings, Jets at the Saints.
0: Maybe, maybe it's not that big of a weekend. I, I for some reason I remember one of these weekends is loaded with with prime time games all at the same. Let's see same weekend well maybe i was thinking that la chiefs game is going to be big well, look
1: look at the week you week know 14 like game, next weekend uh december yeah. the 10th you got the ravens and Steelers on sunday night football you got the seahawks and jags you got the eagles and rams you got the titans at the cardinals redskins and chargers that might be it
0: Atlanta, Atlanta and in the same
1: yep and then you got the vikings and the pats
0: Okay. Or sorry, right. sorry. This Vikings the and the weekend, Panthers, not the
1: Pats. Uh, the Pats at the Dolphins on Monday Night Football. So this this was the weekend
0: that I thought, man, this is this is one of those weekends where there's it's not just one of those you know ah one or two good games and everything else is crap. That, that's going to have a lot of fun. Yeah. Games. And a lot of games that are going to matter in the playoffs. And, and as bad as the AFC playoff picture is, and we still got to get to sixteen.
1: Now you're you're right about you that. Know? You were right about that. So, all right, we've gone an hour. So, <laughs> let's uh, <laughs> let's jump out of here. And on tomorrow's show, we will be doing a get that money. So, uh, with it being a championship weekend, uh, we're still gonna have our five college bets. We're still gonna have uh, we're still gonna have our three NFL picks, and we gonna make you guys some money. So, until then, we out. It's time for the rundown. Remember, check out winningcureseverything.com. You can give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash winningcureseverything. You can follow us on Twitter at winningcures. You can follow myself at GaryWCE.
0: You follow me at ChrisBGiannini, C-H-R-I-S-B-G-I-A-N-N-I-N-I.
1: You can also email the show. That's winningcureseverything at gmail.com. And we now have a voicemail line. That number is 551-226-226.